You're listening to what I am going to affectionately call episode 105 of G.I. Joburg, the lost episode, a.k.a. the year in review. My name is Stephen, and I'm joined by the illustrious pair... Uh, Paul in Pretoria, and... Cujo on the West Coast. We're off to a smashing start in 2018. Cujo's on the West Coast. Good to go. Had a pretty low-key New Year. How about you, gentlemen? Well, Happy New Year, everybody, uh, I think, at the outset. Mine was also pretty low-key. Uh, it could have been very highbrow, but I opted out early. <laughs> if that makes no sense to anyone, I gave a show that evening and uh, could have gone to the after-party, but since I got out of the theater with half an hour to spare before the stroke of midnight, I decided to motor back home and spend it with my family. Uh, so I hoisted a glass with... My father, my mother, and my brother. The kids had gone to bed, sadly. How about yours, Paul? <laughs> What'd you guys toast with? Uh, bubbles, dude. It had to be. No, mine was chilled. I was here with Lils. We sat outside, we watched the dogs, because all the fireworks, and we had a nice ride. And, and we sat by the fire, pretty much, and welcomed the, the new guy in, in, in pretty spectacularly chilled style, which was great. And then, um, and then we ended up watching stuff on Netflix until I fell asleep. Lee went the whole way through. <laughs> I woke up in the morning to a, a Lil's that had just finished off the last episode of Lucifer Season 1. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's how mine has been. There was um, also some Spice Golden Coke involved, which was cool too, so, you know. <laughs> how about you, Cooch? Uh, what did you imbibe? Need I ask? <laughs> Well, when me and my lady were up north at the uh, wine castle, we did pick up a choice choice bottle of wine, which we shared uh, with her family. But around midnight, um, I was back here doing the Twilight Zone marathon. If anybody was watching that, cheers. And also, of course, Black Mirror, our modern day Twilight Zone. I, I caught a couple of those recent ones. So far, the uh, I think it's the, the Star Trek one, the first episode. That's strong. I mean, they did Tron better than Tron. And that's saying something. Uh, Black Mirror, it's unique, not unique, but stateside. You don't normally have uh, one person write every episode. But Charlie Brooker, uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're not baptized yet, uh, Black Mirror is kind of like the t- technological version of Twilight Zone. It's all, they're all written by Charlie Brooker, so you get a good look at that guy's mind, and it's, it's pretty fancy. So um, Some are hard to digest. I can't watch all of them straight through. That's saying something. No, they are very intense. I love it. It's a, it's a very dark what if for the future. It's a very, uh, it's a show that definitely looks five minutes into the future and, and takes it to the, I would say the extre- extreme negative, in a lot of cases, and it's fascinating well, it, because it deals with it, our obsessions with screens and technology. Oh yeah, like it hits buttons on what. Uh, online dating and stuff like it it twists that anyways getting back to gi joe (laughs) we have some business to take care of don't we this is also our results show for our online poll you see on the back of episode 106 (laughs) the episode that started this erroneous numbering we had three vehicle deathmatch battles paul and i and we've each repped a different vehicle, or a mech suit, as it turned out. 
and then we put it to mm -hmm. the listenership and our friends on Twitter and Facebook to determine the winners. But before I give away the results, Cujo, you weren't party to that particular debate. I want to get just your, I don't know, your honest opinion as to which vehicle or uh, piece of equipment should have come out on top in the following battles. Are you ready? I'm ready for one of them, maybe two. <laughs> well, you just have to give us your gut response. And if you've got some reasoning behind it, go ahead. You probably didn't catch the episode. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's been a busy time. <laughs> when you assume, you know, you know what they say. I did catch it. I do appreciate those little, well, I'm not going to say little. Like, when we don't have full squad, I'm just going to call those bumper conversations. But I, I enjoyed it. I mean, dude, running around for the holidays, it's better than talk radio. You guys are. Aw, thanks, buddy. And thanks for know. listening. Damn, Aww. not only is he a member of this podcast, but he's also a fan, too. That's kind of how you found us, anyway. But, I, yeah, I'll get into the story one of these days. But getting to our first battle... <laughs> This is the one that you suggested, actually, Curtis. So it'll be interesting to see where you were going with this. But it was the Armadillo versus the Stun. Well, I was thinking about uh, vehicles that are strong in my mind. Like, I played with them a lot. Uh, the Armadillo does get some love in the cartoon. I think there's an episode where it, like, breaks down or something on a highway. But uh, I always loved it just because it felt compact. And I did like the, the tactical points you gentlemen brought up. The stun is fallible by design, but it does have that rear gunner, which that's a cool seat, dude. That's uh, anyway. It's not the safest seat in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna die last. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, I think the armadillo is gonna win that just because I think Steven's right. The the gun radius is not not right, and the armadillo can probably just. If if the stun drove over it, it would just you know jump off it. I mean, it'd be it'd be dynamic, but yeah, I'm I'm going with the armadillo. Very very good choice, and it would actually be in line with the results of the votes. The armadillo mm -hmm. won twenty four to sixteen. I mean, if you mm -hmm. want to boil that down to a smaller number, I suppose you could call it uh, three to two. Is that the is that both the Facebook and Twitter combined? Yes. Twitter put the armadillo on top um seventeen to ten. Yeah. And and Facebook didn't really help the stun's uh, chances. Facebook it was it was quite it was quite even actually. Um it was seven to six mm. to the armadillo. I don't think people yeah, really yeah. get like polls on Twitter. I think it's too much of a commitment. Fair enough. <laughs> but it did receive quite a bit of response. In fact, that was the battle that had the most respondents on Twitter. The other mm. fights were perhaps um, more uh, controversial <laughs> in terms of the way Twitter went and the way Facebook went. But I let every vote count as one, whether it was cast on Facebook or Twitter. So there's some fairness there. So the next battle was one that Paul suggested, and that was the Rapid Hilo Integrated Neutralizing Offensive Vehicle, or the Rhino, <laughs> versus the Cobra Rage. <laughs> Which way would you have gone on this one, Cooge? In, in, uh, in all transparency, I never played with either one of these. But 
you know, listening to you guys, I think I got to go with the Rhino. Hmm. I know, I know there's not much explanation there, but that's probably what I'm going to go with. Right on, man. Well, um, any guess, Paul, as to which way the votes went on your, your selection? Um, when, when I started, when I looked at them, not earlier this evening, but when, uh, when I was checking them, uh, long before the deadline, it looked like the Rhino had the upper hand. And I'd like to think that the Rhino would. I think, uh, I think a compelling argument for its strength was made. <laughs> Although I gotta say, your 360 degree firing box art argument was quite a good one. Look, I, I thought I was going to win purely based on Saw Viper's absolute ruthlessness and his prominence on the, the, the running boards of the Rage, but the votes told a different story. The Rhino swept it 21 to 15. Wow. Yeah. Well, the Rhino. I think we made a few eBay sellers a little richer after that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, I think the Rage has a couple different box arts, guys. Oh, yeah, really? it does. In my opinion, it's got two really good ones and one really ugly one. The mm-hmm. blue rage has got ugly box art. In my well, they re- they replaced the characters. Uh, like you were talking about Saw Viper, and the other one is mm-hmm. just a regular Viper. So that's fake news, brother. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> that's from the the the, the 15th good. anniversary, uh, the 1997 set. I think it came with that mm-hmm. that uh, bluish Viper, didn't it? Did it come with two figures? Oh, no, no, that Viper came with a Trouble Bubble or something. No, that was a yeah. Tele Viper. I don't know. That Viper probably, yeah, it was in one of the 1997 assortments. But, yeah, I can imagine it found its way onto that box art when they re-released the Rage tank. Um, but, I, you know, I have to mention at this point, just to, to kind of ease my or soothe my my damaged ego about this landslide victory that the Rhino enjoyed, it was purely (laughs) based on the Facebook votes. Twitter had the rage up by 13 to 8. And then the Rhino got a massive helping from Facebook, 13 votes to (laughs) 2. You know what they say about the Twitter crowd? And you know what's cool about this is that I can safely sit here now because you know the argue, the votes have come in and, and we've seen the, the numbers and everything. I can actually safely say that I actually prefer the Rage more as a boy than the Rhino, like, but not by much. I mean, I like the Rage the Rage about a hair more than than the Rhino. Well, know? its vintage but, is um, '90s Joe, whereas the Rhino's vintage mm-hmm. is Sigma Six. You know. Yeah, but. Let's, but let's be uh, fair, like the, the thing that, I mean, if I have to be properly objective, I mean, aside from, you know, the, the, the power of nostalgia, um, the Rhino is, even though it comes packaged with a modern era Joe, obviously it's not designed to house a modern era Joe, um, at least not very well. So it does have that issue. Like if you want to put modern era figures in there, you do have to choose the less bulky ones. Um, an argument that I know that you like to make quite often, and you have to bend the knees. Um, whereas I find the Rage, or in my case, the Fury, and the Fury, as far as I know, hasn't been altered in any way. It can house modern era figures quite comfortably. And um, and it looks really amazing with um, a whole bunch of Alley Vipers on it. And I think it's just the the sheer compatibility with the, oh, the, the fact that it's really compatible with modern era, new sculpt era, and um, vintage figures, just 
elevates it a little bit over the Rhino, who I feel is lacking in the modern era support, but can definitely support new sculpt and vintage. So, Look, all I can say is I took it as a challenge to try and rep the rage in a, a compelling, believable battle scenario kind of argument, because, yeah, the Rhino has got its own air support. That is a tough feature to beat. And... I'd like to think that you got your votes from people that were voting on instinct as opposed to listening to my clever arguments. <laughs> but we will never know. We will never, never know. Our final matchup were two mechs from different eras, making it all the more interesting, to me at least. It was the G.I. Joe Defense mech from 2004's Spy Troops line, I think it was, versus the more recent Cobra Deviant, which was largely a melee weapon... Uh, kind of mech suit so i thought that would put them on an equal footing you had a, a smaller uh, more nimble more vulnerable mech suit but better armed versus a larger heavier more armored but strangely armed uh, cobra weapon and here the votes again were kind of a little bit skew in my in my view uh twitter put the defense mech on top facebook put the cobra deviant on top but by a massive, massive margin. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe on Facebook, because you're able to add your reasoning, you can compel other people around you. Uh, and so there's this kind of landslide towards towards one as opposed to the other. Uh, it was a lot closer on, 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 uh, on Twitter by virtue of the fact that people couldn't give their reasons, I think. But anyways, the numbers themselves, Cobra Deviant, 20... The defense mech, 14. Oh, damn. I didn't even get Kucho's opinion before I gave the numbers. But which way would you have gone, man? Mm, that's all right. Just a compelling matchup. A little bit of a David and Goliath, I thought. Well, you could even, dude, you could get you could get crazy and go a three-way. You could throw the, uh, the snake in there, the snake armor. I mean, that's kind of like a David Goliath there. But hmm. I think I got to go with the defense mech just because the dude's not going to get nutmegged. Like, look at the stance on the deviant. His crotch is wide open. That's not going to work. Um, yeah, I think I think I'll rest on that. The the defense mech looks more nimble. To yeah, me. I suppose so. Uh, you know, a smaller mech gets you even closer to achieving what an infantryman can do. Whereas the bigger you get, the harder you're going to find squeezing in between buildings and low structures. Hell, trees offer a large mech huge obstacle, whereas a smaller one can maneuver through. Anyways, I mean, these were all arguments that cropped up in the episode, but still didn't help because it's the Deviant for the win. Well done, Paul. You swept it, motherfucker. Oh, wait, no, no. Ha, the armadillo one. Okay. So it was... uh. 2-1 in favor of Mr. Loebscher. The good guy swept it. No, no, the Deviant won its its match. So, good guys took two victories. Yeah. Cobra took the mech battle. So, 2017. A year in review. And what a year for G.I. Joe Burgett has been. Guys, guys. <laughs> amazing times. I mean, we we made, I suppose, podcast history or personal history uh, for this podcast 
in that we had a record number of guests in 2017. We opened the mic up to eight awesome, awesome guests, and I will mention them now uh, in order, and we can kind of reminisce, I suppose. We spoke with Mike Mercy. We did the um, cartoon commentary series at the beginning of the year with Mike. We uh, had Strident on the show to just have some general geek outs. Uh, JD joined us for an episode. We were on JD and Brian Hatch's uh, uh, general geekery podcast. Uh, we had photographer extraordinaire Paul Pamphalone join us. Then for our 100th jamboree, <laughs> we had my old buddy Alistair Stokel. We were joined by customizer alchemist Jim Godfrey. Uh, we had HCC, yeah. Hooded Cobra Commander 788, a.k.a. Brian Lauer on the show. And then we also were joined by the blind master, Chris Huff, in the latter part of this year. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Oh, Kujo, you'll be tickled to know that we recorded a total of 33 episodes in 2017. Oh, Shut up. Playing right into his hands. That's not true, is it? It is 100% <laughs> true. Uh, just won't leave me alone. He's <laughs> got your number. We took part in a community-spanning event on YouTube called Cobra Convergence 2. All... Uh, orchestrated by the awesome Hooded Cobra Commander 788. Uh, and I was personally thrilled to be a part of that. Paul joined us in Cape Town, as it turns out. you know, At the beginning of 2017, I was driving down from Joburg to Cape Town, and Paul jumped in the car with me, and we burned that road for a, a, a night and a day and wound up <laughs> at the coast, where we then succeeded in smashing our uh, contributions for Cobra Convergence 2. Yeah, man, then chopping that up and putting it on uh, in collaboration with a number of other collaborators. I'm from Cape Town twice, eh? You were? Twice. Here's yeah, a question and, and for and both of you. Convergence because Lily came down with me, remember? Oh, yeah. So you course. and I, we, we did a nice long drive um, because you had just come back from, I think it was Oz. Oh, and God. then, um, bro, I just gotten back from Oz, yes. picked up my car, picked you up, and we drove. And we drove through <laughs> the night because I had to be at a wedding the next day. Oh, my word. Yes. And then I got back from the wedding, yeah. and then we pounced on Rob and we unboxed the Defiant together. And uh -huh. what a day to be remembered that was, because boy, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> uh, listeners to this podcast, check out the unboxing video on YouTube if you haven't, and watch with a sick glee as we all try and look brave <laughs> while opening this box and seeing a smashed blue gantry door, uh, smashed to smithereens. Fortunately, that, that story had a very happy ending. Uh, I should probably add it. Uh, tack it on to the end of the YouTube video somehow that like we managed to glue that door back together uh, and then produce the Defiant uh, YouTube video and also got paid out by the insurers fully, fully paid out so basically the value of the Defiant paid right back to us so hey man, cha-ching, free Defiant all it cost was uh, <laughs> some elbow grease and a lot of super glue. But Curtis, you were going to say something before I started reminiscing. I was curious about that day-night drive. A uh, question to both of you. If you had to 
sum that trip up in one word, what would it be? <laughs> uh, interesting, actually. Because uh, we yeah. had some good luck, and uh, we had a lot of 80s music going, and there was some radio hit, and uh, hmm. yeah. It was actually kind of, I was excited. It was exciting, I would say. Is that is like a straightaway, like a desert horizon, or what? Well, we went through the Karoo. <laughs> and at one point, it does get very bland visually, but it was great because we did a night mission. So driving through, having most of it in the dark uh, was better because it's, it's somehow less monotonous at night because everything sort of just gets sucked up into the darkness of it. So, you know, I don't know, it just feels faster. It's certainly less hot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And there was that one awkward moment when we stopped in a KFC. I mean, that place was quiet. Damn. <laughs> and, yeah, no, it was like a, like a, I would do it again. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that we have to do it again, but I'm saying I would do it again. I drive from Atlanta to uh, Chattanooga is a little bit. Mm. Oh, but that's what, like two hours? Yeah, it's going to be like 15 minutes if we're all in that car. <laughs> a spaceship. My word would be, two words, sadly, uh, under duress. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> driving, you know, doing a long road trip is, is it, it takes it out of you and it's it's pretty arduous um, under most circumstances. Mm. But... Mine was under a very specific time pressure, and just one of those moments in your life where you're like, you check in with yourself and you're like, am I really doing this? This is crazy. Uh, reason being, I had missed my flight from Australia. So leaving Oz, I was 24 hour delayed. I had to wait a day to catch the next flight because my internal flight was delayed uh, because of bad weather over Sydney. I mean, you know, it's the classic case of there's nothing you can do as you just watch the time tick away and hoping this monsoon clears. So, you know, I, I got into Johannesburg a day later than I had anticipated. I had to basically disembark a plane, get straight into a car and burn it uh, to get back to the coast in time for this wedding who my friend, the bride, said to me, Stephen... I hope you make it because if anything happens, you know, in your flights, in your connections, anything like that. I mean, she was prophetic. She was like, okay, that's cool, but please be at my wedding. You know, I hope nothing. I hope you don't have any complications or any delays. Well, boy, oh boy, she put it into the universe and bam, the universe threw it right back at me. Anyway, so yeah, my word would be under duress because I did not want to make that drive under those circumstances, but I had to make that drive under those circumstances. You're that dude. But we've been stuck on this for a while, man. So, bam, got to Cape Town, did the Defiant, did Cobra Convergence Part 2. Anything that sticks out to you, Paul, highlights, man, before I start trotting off my list, what can you tell us about 2017 for G.I. Joburg? Aside from the really awesome guests that we had, the amount of voices uh, that sort of that were starting to come out of G.I. Joburg's fan base, like hearing all of the guys, the Thomas Elements of this world, and Charles Gauchons, uh 
I mean, there's many more. I mean, those are just the two names that got on the top of my mind right now. I mean, the the Greg Crokers, the I mean, guys that had gotten hold of me on Instagram because they're fans of the podcast and sort of saw that I dig GI Joe and then made the connection afterwards. Uh, that was really cool. I mean, getting to know a lot of these fans. Um, Dan Shemansky, another very cool voice, somebody who who definitely reached out and touched us a lot this year uh, with uh, letters and you know suggestions and whatever is for shows and and all that. So. I really enjoyed that. I thought those were major highlights. Of course, the Terradrome. Getting the Terradrome was a big one for me this year and for G.I. Joburg in in a lot of ways because now G.I. Joburg has a Terradrome, essentially. Our custom figures, courtesy of Jim. I mean, what an awesome gesture that was. We have these three, well, actually four uh, beautiful figures, customized figures that were made for us by Jim Godfrey. And... I mean, the one actually came with me, like, came down with me to Cape Town uh, when, when we went on the wild ride with Steve. And mm-hmm. um, I got to do some sightseeing with him with that toy. And then, um, yeah, and then my, uh, for me, something that was kind of cool as well, or not kind of cool, very cool, is I finally have a moray. I don't have to sing about it anymore because I have it. <laughs> and, like, I know it sounds terrible because it's like it's a year full of, oh, cool, we got a lot of cool stuff. But that was really, really cool. And I don't know if that's going to ever happen again. But the fact that it has happened um, and that it's, you know, it's the reason I have some of my favorite G.I. Uh, G. Joes and vehicles and, well, place sets, I'm, I'm very chuffed. You know, 2017 has been a really good year for G.I. Joe and for G.I. Joe Bird. Other notable things uh, for me, uh, it's, it might sound a little bit, you know, whatever. I know it's maybe not a G.I. Joburg thing, but G.I. Joburg kind of got a new unofficial member <laughs> in the form of Lily, my, my awesome girlfriend. Who's in present company, no doubt. I am. Hey, everyone. Hello, Lily. <laughs> I have a voice. But it's great. I've got my, my, my partner in crime, uh, and she's totally an, enab- an enabler. Um, if I see things on eBay and I'm like, oh, wow, I really should get those G.I. Joes, and she'll turn around no, and go, no, no. like, you really no, the should. The conversation is, okay, babe, you know, convince me to not buy this. And I'll be like, why? It's cool. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> there you go, right? I mean, that's that's what I have to compete with. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's made 2017, like, really special for me is meeting Lils, my, my ultimate collectible, the, the, my, my favorite G.I. Joe. Yes, she's such a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about it, our brother from the north? You got any highlights mm. that are Joe related or related to this podcast, my brother? Well, dude, uh, I think if if you're out there and you're listening, a podcast is is very cathartic. Um, so, you know, if you're not doing one, do one. That's that's kind of the funny thing is just. Beyond G.I. Joe, and it is it is G.I. Joeberg, but it's also G.I. Joe that's kind of had a gut check this year in a good way. And there have been people that we've gotten to know because of this year. I think people like um, – I'm just going to throw some random names out. I, this is not premeditated. I actually spent most of my time for this podcast uh, doing the 2017 G.I. Joeberg Twitter Awards which you should get hyped about. Um, that'll be at the back end of this. Woohoo! Definitely, if you have to throw some socks in the dryer, get comfortable, do whatever you have to do, get a beverage, you're going to want to be chill for that. But I think people like, uh, 
people that I've seen kind of come out of the woodwork are definitely like Joe Fan 82. I don't know that guy, but he definitely has the sweetest uh, YouTube setup in uh, G.I. Joe or in the G.I. Joe community. Just a steady voice. I think uh, in this day and age of uh, just kind of just bad media on every level, people like Joe Fan, people like HCC, two of the smartest people you're going to find in any fan base, uh, good people. And, and that's kind of like what I enjoy about G.I. Joe is that it's the smartest people I know. And it's just uh, it's people that can have real conversations because Hama, he created that canvas. And that's that's beautiful, man. So definitely uh, chatting with you guys on the regular is something that makes my life good. And I just enjoy not necessarily the community because there's just those words are so nebulous, but just good friends. Jim and I are working on a comic book. Oh, I'm sorry. Jim Godfrey. You talked about him earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. the customizer who just dropped that, what was that, G.I. Joe 26 with the uh, Polaroid of Snake Eyes, Stalker, and a, uh, was it Lonzo, w- which would be uh, Storm Shadow, right? Uh, Tommy. Oh, thank you, thank you. But, he, dude, yeah. did you see those customs? Yeah, yeah man. Beautiful. I, those I things, to... like, broke Twitter. So, I mean... <laughs> no, I had the picture of... Um... With, uh, with uh, Jimmy was sending me uh, pictures of those while he was doing them, and I had the privilege of, should I say, I had the privilege of him asking me for my opinion <laughs> on on some things there, and uh, yeah, well, they, they've come out, and they look nothing short of amazing. And beyond the craftsmanship, the dude took a picture so you could not see Snake Eyes' eyes. The bill of the cap is over his eyes. I mean, yeah. that's where it's at. So, I mean, like, just kind of him starting to kind of beast up, that, that's that's what you, that's Joburg at its best. But there's there's so many talented voices out there, and, like, I, I have nothing negative to say about 2017. Like, if you needed to find out who you were, this was a good year to do it. And uh, there's so many projects on the horizon. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my year in review. Just a lot of Joe people. I'll talk about a few of them in a bit just a lot of good folk that's kind of what you guys feel right i can literally only just just throw more names uh into the mix i mean mm. i really enjoy uh for my part the the the, the facebook group that seems to be self-perpetuating yeah. there's a great dedicated group of of, of gi joe fans on there that love to post and share it and i i'd like to think that they are establishing friendships amongst themselves like bart and Trent and yeah man yeah. and charles and, and very talented producers of work Thomas as well i mean like i know i'm gonna leave names out but uh off the top of my head obviously mike horsley you're doing fantastic work with the dio stuff but also fantastically intriguing custom figures as well i mean the the, the figures you mm. use for your setups are anything but factory they are, yeah, uh, added to in, in, in very tasteful ways. Magnus, Lauglo, dude, your Lego creations are better than anything I've seen. You know, you've got G1 a, a beat, if you, if you ask me. <laughs> and, you know, Ooh. you should ask me, because I know a lot about Lego. But, no, no man, looking at your builds, it's such a fun thing to, to observe, because... Just the, the vision that it takes to translate a G.I. Joe vehicle into 
uh, something you can construct out of Lego. I'm I'm floored and amazed, and any additions that you make are valid ones. It's like any time I've wished the Mud Fighter looked a little bit more like this, you went and did it. So, dude, I'm shouting out. I'm and in, in Lego. <laughs> yeah, and in Lego, no less. So, dude, I'm 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 singing your praises. Uh, CK, gee whiz, as I say, the the list the list goes on. Um, but anyone who's jumped on the group and shared their portion of of this hobby, I thank you. I salute you. It's very, very heartwarming to know that this goes beyond just us recording our chats. Like, there are other aspects to this. And uh, it's cool that, that we kind of kind of rally under this banner, really. I mean, what's in a name? I don't know. There are other Joe groups out there, but you chose ours. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. We're just one just house, guys. Just to go with something Steve mentioned, um, Cobra Convergence. That was a lot of fun, actually. Like, I, I actually, you know, looking back on the year and reflecting and looking at that video, we, you know, we got to be complete goofballs, and that was great. And I'd like to thank Brian Lower, aka HCC, for that letters and numbers guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, and another one is I really enjoyed shooting the Condor. You know, Steve and I don't often get to shoot a lot of videos together because we geographically split apart but the condor was a lot of fun and it's it's actually been one of my favorite videos that we've put up so yeah that was that was another one of my highlights so bring that out there yeah man it's good times yeah. it's good times anytime good times. i've been able to get outside of the house with a toy and a camera and hopefully a good buddy by my side it's a day well spent uh we don't do it nearly as often as i'd like but you know life uh i'm just grateful that that we get to do it at all and and it's an important component of gi joburg i i really have been thrilled at the the growth and the expansion of the youtube channel i mean we took a while to find our style and to my mind it keeps evolving anyway and that is a strength and a weakness maybe but you know whereas other reviewers have a very very established style that they've got over countless videos at this stage um i was you know if i wanted to just me in front of a camera with a few assorted toys that i want to talk about that's cool uh if i want to do something more you know involved and and time consuming like like editing together about 200 shots of the defiant in various permutations that that fits as well <laughs> i don't envy you don't envy me. Oh, well, you know, labor of love, but I love this labor, if you know what I mean. Like, no. <laughs> the product is worth the time. I mean, our stuff will always have a, a, a smack of, of amateurishness to it, and that's its charm. We don't try to be a professional toy review site. You know, YouTube is about me just scumbum putting on some fucking video of me, like, playing with a glider for a day. Why not? Uh, that's the charm. So that's always been our focus, and I've I've never kind of bemoaned that fact and been like, oh, maybe we should up our game, maybe we should up our our presentation. Mm, mm. And most recently, something that is very heartwarming is the contributors to our GoFundMe. People are giving us mm -hmm. money. 
<laughs> uh, and that shouldn't be... It shouldn't be trivialized or celebrated. Yeah, it's, it should be accepted as like a very earnest, very real uh, affirmation that there are people out there who love us enough to part with hard-earned dough uh, to, to achieve something that, you know, it's not going to cure cancer. Uh, it's literally just get G.I. Joe Bird to... to t- don't be cute. Uh, or, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, trivializing cancer. I mean, let's let's not do that either. Thanks. Cancer survivor. It's very, very heartwarming to know that, that people want to want to help. It's as simple as that. Like, together we can, you know, help a trio of fanboys realize a fan dream. I guess we all have those aspirations. And here is a tangible way of, of making it making it happen. So, yeah, here's the sales pitch. <laughs> I would urge anyone who wants to help out, check out our GoFundMe. I will put the link in the description, as always. And uh, we're we're steaming along. Uh, but we need a lot of help still. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a massive, massive undertaking. And we'd like to be able to secure flights um, soon. So, yeah, man. It's well, there's time. the window. But, like, this is the kind of the way I see it. It's kind of weird to promote yourself. Everybody know, or everybody's finding that out because it kind of make it turns you from an artist or a creator to a business, which is almost alien if you're the first part. But like, if you're hanging out in Joburg, you know you need to wrap a shirt. You know it, and you got two of the best in the game. And I'm not even honking my horn. Like, put aside seventy five bucks. What is it to get two shirts? 75? 75. That's yeah. a chunk by any standard. But these shirts are worth it, trust me. Like, you're going to be sleeping in these. This is going to be your go-to when you are when you want to have a conversational, but be casual. Because, like, if you're repping one of these shirts, I'm promising you right now a conversation every time you step outside. That's worth 75. Curtis, Two shirts. you got me scratching my head. Is it a good thing that people sleep in these shirts? <laughs> I mean, typically you sleep in a shirt that you don't want to be seen in public wearing. <laughs> That's fair. But also, like, one one way, one way reason, like, it's hard for me to, like, support a lot of people that put their art on shirts and stuff is they always get the heavy cotton. And what do you have to wash that thing, like, a hundred times before it feels right? No, these are, like, mm. these are good, and the, the logos are good. I mean, we definitely put the we put the time in. We found the right people. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna own these shirts. You know, that's how I'm gonna do it. But yeah, I mean, if you guys can't do seventy five dollars or you can't get our shirts, you know, maybe maybe uh, skip on that Starbucks for the morning and drop in a five dollars. I mean, if all of our if all of our Facebook followers and YouTube subscribers can donate five dollars, we'll be golden. We'll be at JoeCon. No question. You're asking people to skip uh, caffeine in America. Fuck you, man. No, I'm joking. No, but seriously, like, <laughs> it's not charity. You know what's going on here. Um, yeah, let's get these guys change three lives. That's not trivial. I mean, we are sending them to the South, so <laughs> that's kind of funny. But I'm going to be there, too, so that's funny, too. Before we go on to Curtis's uh, Twitter rewards, this feels like a necessary question to ask. What was the last toy you guys bought for 2017? Hey, well, does toys bought for us 
count? That also counts, yeah, totally. If you have the toy in your hand, or if you have the toy in your hand, or you've done the purchase, you spend the money, and it was before um, 2018 rolled in, then it's eligible. Hmm. Well, um, if you are a follower of our YouTube channel, you'll know that I got a very sweet 25th anniversary uh, second release, Zartan, the one that comes with the <laughs> the laughably undersized but cute that they included it anyway, uh, Chameleon Swampskier. <laughs> um, that was courtesy of my brother, very kindly. He tracked it down on eBay and uh, bought it for me for my birthday. And brought it to me in person when he and his family arrived for Christmas holidays. Though you might have missed it anyway because that video also featured my niece and nephew who, understandably so, just totally dominated that video. <laughs> they are awesome kids. <laughs> Elka sang us a song. I think it was Away in a Manger, I think. And Casper, what a good lad. Uh, as I was kind of trying to review the figure trying and failing horribly he was kind of um shoving it in the lens of the camera uh, very helpfully <laughs> sort of to show off the details i mean cute kids I, I that was completely unscripted and completely unrehearsed i just pressed record got a carded figure into the frame and had the kids wear christmas hats and that was it they really came to the party. Anyway, so that was my last toy of 2017. And it was a good one. I see why it, it, mm -hmm. it found mention in our definitive Zartan discussion, Paul. You mentioned it, and it's mm. it's a very did, good yeah. figure. Yeah, man. It's fun. Your sort of original Zartan... Experience. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah, exactly. It's, it's 1984 Zartan, fully realized in the 25th anniversary. You know, no biker elements. It is literally like Swamp Skier Zartan, even with down to the blank eyes. He doesn't come with a, a JC face mask, but he does come with Duke and bizarrely a Storm Shadow face. Storm? What? Storm Shadow. Masked Storm yeah. Shadow. I suppose you know, Storm Shadow does rock a white mask under a hood in his V2 design. Anyways, how about you, man? Yeah. What was your last toy of 2017? Oh, surprisingly, Star Wars purchases, but bargain bin uh, Star Wars purchases. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, very much so. They had um, Star Wars two packs at Lily's one um, toy shop, and it was the Death Trooper, and I think the character's called Pow, but it's basically that alien that has the big mouth in Rogue One. Mm, and the mouth articulates, doesn't it? That's correct, John. Oh, and I couldn't cool. resist the Death Trooper. I couldn't resist the Death Trooper for that price, and I couldn't resist having a Star Wars figure with an articulating mouth. Um, plus, <laughs> I really like the design. And, I mean, it's all it's like 150 bucks or whatever it was. And it was really nothing because those two packs go for ridiculous pricing. I think they're 400 bucks on the shelves normally. Disgusting. It is disgusting, especially for a 5 POA, uh, POS, you know. <laughs> but that Death Troopers actually, they're actually both very well sculpted. It is a pity about the articulation. But, um, yeah, I actually just bought them because I was like, okay, I accept what they are. I'm just happy to have them. It's more actually drawing reference than anything. But oh, they were just cool to have. And, yeah, that was my last toy of uh, 2017, my, my final toy purchase. I would have liked to have gone back to go and get a Boba Fett for 100 bucks because I got one for Lily. But I wanted one for myself to paint over. <laughs> but, uh, alas, that was not meant to be, at least not for 2017. 
Heavens, why would you paint over the fit? Because it is unpainted mostly. It's actually a, it's a very good sculpt with very bad paint detail. So I wanted to do the um, the you know the actual chipping on him and add a wash to it and do some detail on him and make him look stunning. You know, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of and, and like yeah, I wanted to actually originally do that and give that to Lil's, but uh, she got her own one, so she's gonna do it for herself. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Curtis, I shudder to ask, but did you have a, a last toy purchase? Mm, I'm still I'm still thinking about it. But did mm. you say Lily's a Boba Fett fan? Lily's a Star Wars fan, dude. Like legit Star Wars fan. Like gotcha. she's the only other person I know with the with the Boba Fett bubble bath. <laughs> no, but Jack jokes aside, no, Lily's is a legit Star Wars fan, dude. And um, yeah, uh, she likes if it's not in the prequels, she likes it. Decent. Um, the figure okay, that's maybe Obi Wan and Qui Gon, but no. oh, you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I don't have a like last figure that's on my mind, but I think you guys know the figure that I'll I'll mention briefly because it's. I mean, you guys you guys got some figures from Jim uh, this year. Those are the go tos, aren't they? Like, if you're gonna pick up a figure, it's that one, isn't it? You know, if I, if I don't a, know what to take out of the house with me, I always grab my outback. That's well, I, <laughs> I feel like if you're uh, with me on Twitter, I do break out the action figures when me and my lady travel because they're kind of avatars. But, you know, when we get the uh, – I've ordered, you know, another custom from Jim. When we get that one, I'm going to do the swap because uh, his figures are so tight. But – Definitely the Cujo figure has been in my hands a lot because of the comic that I'm working on. So I've referenced him a lot. Um, I've also had Firefly and uh, the Viper Driver. I think that's who it is in my hands quite a bit this year. So those are probably my three three big figures, Cujo, Firefly, and Viper. Awesome. Yeah. Who is that Jinx knockoff that has the ornate? decorations on her that viper yeah that is viper if i'm not mistaken why did they give her that ornate stuff dude i actually don't know i have no um real knowledge on viper as a character because i think she's a devil's due character Um, well next next time we chat we're gonna have to talk about that uh heart wrencher character that the uh, collector's club just dropped with the uh That is interesting, that Dreadnought. That we'll have to chat that up next episode when we all get a look at him. Her. Her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comes with my favorite color vehicle in the whole line ever. I was going to say, <laughs> that, that, did that Swamp Fire trigger you? That Swamp Fire paint job? I don't think I'm, I'm cool enough to use the word trigger, but it definitely... It, it, it definitely, yeah, warranted some negative emotions because as much as I love the sculpt, listen, if it has the color changing uh, feature in it, which it won't have, the color feature, changing feature would definitely make me consider it. But hmm. you're cool enough. <laughs> Cooch, I think you need to back end us, man. <laughs> What are the Twitter awards all about? Wow. 2018. Well, probably enough build-up 
so we may as well get started. Welcome to the 2017 G.I. Joeberg Twitter Awards. How do you get one of these? If you're timely, if you can craft a tweet, and if it hits hard, you might find your way on here. Like I said, I hope you have a beverage. Hope those toes are in the shag carpet. Maybe the uh, balcony doors open. You're feeling that ocean breeze. You're definitely in the penthouse right now. Off the top, I have to mention Dragon Fortress. He's gonna take home the quick draw award. Dude, if you sleep on your content, that dude will bump it with his own flavor. That's that's how quick he is. Um, I see you. You're better than most. Uh, cheers, brother. I'll see you in, in uh, 2018. Oh yeah, and thanks for contributing to our Joe Fund Me. And also, I hope you're enjoying those Ninja Force figures, because that man got a full set for Christmas. Oh yeah. Next up, you know I can't forget Forgotten Figures. Dude drops deep cuts about figures you've probably only heard of on the regular. Not a bad photographer. Probably on his file card, it says he remembers what you forgot, but we didn't. Cheers, brother. Great stuff. Next, I think it's only natural we gotta go with the Combo Breaker Award. And that goes to none other than the venerable HCC. No context on this one. There was some noise in the tweets, and this dude drops a tweet thread. It was like killing a fly with an RPG. But I love you, man. You're appreciated in this community. Cheers, brother. Uh, I'll see you at JoeCon. I'm not gonna forget our friend from Norway who's gonna take home the Wingman Award, and that is Merc. Career military in real life, gold star rated on the pistol, machine pistol, and assault rifle, but just as dangerous in the tweets. If your tweets are walking through hell, he's probably got his eyes on him. I think you know we'll, we'll raise a glass in Valhalla, brother, in due course. Cheers, my friend. And finally, before I turn the mic to uh, the rest of the people in the room, is the Cover Fire Award. And that's got to go to the Joe Tweeter, DJ Kaufman, who repped Joe Vember like uh, no one else, dropped a G.I. Joe picture every day of the month. I got my favorites. Steven, what are you feeling? You know I'm a vehicle guy, so I'm going to have to give two favorites. For the figures, it's going to be my man Hydro Viper. Oh, man. It's mm. it's an exquisitely uh, drawn card. The colors are great, very accurate to the figure, and still looking sinister. You know, the thing about Hydro Viper is the card art is freaky and sinister and scary, and then the figure rattling alongside it's in the in the bubble is this weird purple man with blowjob lips. <laughs> but Kaufman managed to marry both the color and the the scariness in his card. If you haven't seen it, find this guy in the Twitterverse. He's yeah produced some amazing work. In the vehicle stakes, the Warthog. Oh yes. <laughs> How about you, Paul? Dude, the guy is like a machine. It's difficult for me to say who my favorite was uh, out of his work. There's a Night Raven that he does that I quite enjoyed. That Warthog you mentioned was cool. I love the the whole of his Jovember submissions because he, he does some fantastic stuff. He's got some great characterization. But I do have to agree with you on the Warthog profile. 
uh, with the slaughter cap. That was nice. The scale was decent. For my personal favorite, I got to go with the uh, lamprey because uh, transparency. But uh, nicely done, brother. You're the only person that rocked every day. Uh, cheers. Let's end it with some pros, guys. It's getting out of control. Let's end it with some pros. We got to go with the G.I. Joe Artist of the Year. Mm, tough one. Not really. I think you got to go with uh, royalty on this one. Let's talk about John Royal, cover artist hitman for IDW right now. He's doing what Zek did, and we never forgot what Zek did. So if you're not aware of Royal's work, dude, tell your comic shop people to order that cover. Because I, I promise you that cover will open a lot quicker. I'm going to end with a newcomer. Not really an award, but uh, a guy named Nethos Diaz, uh, the new artist working with Hama. Yeah, stepped into a new brand, sells out his first issue. Um, one footnote I'd like to add as this winds down is that the dude just drew a silent issue while a loved one was in the hospital. Dude drew it at the hospital. I think I'm going to pick that up. I think you are too. And to end it, I'm going to go with the G.I. Joe Tweet of the Year Award. And that goes to an unlikely source, all name as Kaya. She happened to say, middle-aged G.I. Joe nerds are no joke. Man, these guys are hardcore. She gets it. And finally, I'm gonna end it with Dan Shemansky. We've already dropped your name, but uh, I wanted to give you an animal companion. Uh, I'm gonna give you a baby elephant, because they're still cute and it can push you around. So you'll know that, that uh, G.I. Joe Berg never forgets. Uh, cheers, brother. And thank you guys for a great year. Here, here. Yo, Joe. <laughs> you got anything, Paul? Um, I would just like to thank our listeners, our fans, our contributors, and our allies, uh, the guys that we've worked with on, on the, you know, guys like Brian Lower. Just like to say thank you to you guys for an awesome 2017. We've definitely felt the love. We look forward to a, a 2018 filled with more. And we, we hope that we can do more with you guys in the future. And and I would love to see you guys, uh, see all of you at G.I. JoeCon, or at least most of you at G.I. JoeCon. And uh, my default setting is optimistic for 2018. So let's do it. Yeah, man. Nice. Style. 2017 was the year that gave us a Defiant and a Terradrome. 2017 was the best year G.I. Joburg has ever had. Until this one. <laughs> Here's the 2018 being our new best year ever. Thanks for making it happen, guys. Yo, Joburg. <laughs> Yo, Joburg. Too funny. Hey, Kucha, you don't have to do it. I, I, I'm not good at that stuff, guy. But this has been G.I. Joburg episode number 105, uh, dropped shortly after episode 107. Sorry about that, but you know how it is this time of year. It's the silly season, and my brain was fried. Adios. <laughs>